Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back, guys, to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we dive in the trends with gym owners. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of the business of fitness. I am your host, Austin Montero. Today, joined by Seth Goddess Diener from Indigo Fitness out in Los Angeles, California. Did I screw it up? No, you nailed it. And nice. it's okay. it wouldn't be the first or the last time, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's happened a lot. My last name is messed up too a lot for some reason. But uh, sweet man, Seth, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate it. I know our days as gym owners and coaching is, is, is crazy. So let's just dive in, man. So why did you decide to start Indigo Fitness and go down this route of entrepreneurship within the fitness world? Yeah, absolutely. So I started off actually um, as a massage therapist, and that was over 10 years ago. Uh, well, well over a decade ago, actually. Um, I was in New York City, and I was going to a school called the Swedish Institute. Um, and I loved it. It was great because I worked with, um, you know, people. I worked with the human body. And it was so fascinating, you know, to learn the anatomy, myology, um, kinesiology aspects of all of that. And I realized what, you know, I could accomplish on the human body in an hour or so. I then started to think about, well, well what could I accomplish over the course of, you know, someone's lifetime? And that naturally just brought me into the world of training. Um, I, I kind of delved into it really deeply. I started, uh, you know, becoming like feverishly addicted to the gym. I'd go all the time. I'd start training my friends and my friends would be like, Hey, you're really good at this. So from there, um, you know, I did the natural path. I, I went into um, getting my certifications um, and that was all in Portland, Oregon, that that really happened. Um, it wasn't until I moved to LA that I started to take more group classes and then realized kind of the business aspect of boutique gyms um, and how fun it could be, how much of a lifestyle it was, and also how profitable it could be. And that's really when I, I was, you know, like, okay, I, I need to do this. I can, I can give the world something different. Um, I can provide kind of like a niche experience that's not there yet. And so uh, that was about four or five years ago that I um, first broke ground on Indigo Fitness um, in Silver Lake, California. That's awesome, man. Yeah, appreciate you sharing that story and a uh, great place to start uh, how we got into this and everybody's kind of the same, but kind of different. So it's cool. To, it's really cool to hear. And uh, so, yeah, you brought up where you are. Indigo is in Silver Lake. So like you told me outside of kind of West Hollywood, so obviously a hotbed of like boutique fitness, right? As far as yeah. from what I know. So um, what is like your culture and kind of the vibe at Indigo? What have you created there? And what kind of separates you and makes you unique? Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, and that's like the most important thing with fitness. I mean, in LA where there's so much competition, you really have to, um, I mean, not only be convenient to where people are located in central hubs, but you have to, I mean, people expect um, a higher standard they expect um, you know kind of a, a luxury item if they're dropping $25 for a class and up and also you know over $125 an hour for personal training um, so obviously I try to provide the, the customer a really chic experience um, you know 
luxury uh, items and also towel service and also just a really beautiful environment to work out. But above that, um, what I noticed is that in West Hollywood, there was, you know, there's tons of gyms and there's tons of really big corporate gyms that um, kind of, it's just very clicky. And one thing about LA is that people do seek out fitness to find the sense of community. Um, what I kind of wanted was the opposite of that. I mean, I definitely want people to come in. Community is what we pride ourselves on, but it's more like, I don't want it to feel like a click. I want people to feel organically drawn to come into our space. Fitness is such an incredibly intimate thing. Um, it's a very, you know, you can't sit with us sort of situation. And I, I really wanted to break down a lot of those walls. And I didn't, you know, I, I saw like the big corporate um, chains and just like how homogenized they were. I wanted mine to be a kind of unique experience, but still providing um, a standardized practice that people could come and expect. And also provide a friendly face that people know that they can be vulnerable, that they can push really hard, that they know they're not going to be, um, you know, ridiculed in any way, shape or form, whether on like an outright or on a micro level. So I guess why Indigo is different is that we try to encompass and really accept everyone. Yeah, I love it, man. I'm on their website right now to look into kind of the vibe of the place. And yeah, it has a really cool, clean, fresh, modern look, we'll say. And I love the lighting you have here. And uh, yeah, it looks like a great space. You brought up like the set, like the click clickiness that can happen in gyms, like, you know, like yeah. something. Definitely something I struggle with with 10 years of gym ownership from that CrossFit world is yeah. part of these things that kind of happen. Anything that you've done to kind of manage that best practice? Um, I know you said you, you know, definitely want an all-inclusive facility, which is terrific. Anything that through your experience has worked better uh, as far as getting that kind of clickiness out of the gym? Because I think that's it. That can like totally crush a gym for sure. Yeah. You, know? you have too much yeah. of that, especially for newer members coming in. Or, or adversely, on a very toxic level, it can make it very insular and very, I guess, successful, but that's not what the kind of sex success I'm imagining for myself ever, you know, on that kind of corporate level, just having worked at a lot of those places. Um, the really cool thing about owning your own business is that what you exude permeates from the top. Sure. So um, I would say the biggest thing is in the people that I hire, I am my team. Um, they are so amazing and I love them. And I really vet a lot of the trainers and really anyone um, that comes into the building to work there. Okay. And so when you kind of are able to curate that ethos, um, a lot can happen, you know, sure. and I've noticed that with staffs that I've worked with in the past, um, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna hire a lot of like models that are <laughs> loving the drama, and you, you, that's what you're gonna kind of have in your place. If you're hiring hardworking, you know, normal, but like smart, uh, adept people, then that's in and, and open minded people too. That's what the kind of clientele you're gonna attract is gonna be. I agree, man. It's so like, uh, you're so right. I wrote down what you said here kind of all comes from the top from like us as leaders and owning a gym and I, you see that across the board in the more boutique setup you know 
Um, yeah. Commercial space, probably a little different, but uh, yeah, I really love that you said that. So, uh, and like the team we have in place is so important, you know, so it all kind of sets the tone for the community and the vibe we're going to have. So I love it, man. Uh, Seth, let's just go into kind of into the gym now. Um, just quickly, like the services that you guys do offer at Indigo. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you had asked me that <laughs> two years ago, it would have been like almost anything. Right. But we've, uh, you know, like we all did, we pivoted and then I've kind of reeled back. Um, I admittedly tried to do a lot of virtual training. Um, it worked with personal training. Um, the classes did not take off as much as we tried. I made a platform um, on Vimeo, like a, a streaming service. We did IG Live. We did Zooms. And I've since kind of tapered those out because um, people want in person, at least our clientele. I've listened to your podcast. I know that that's not always the standardized model um, with a lot of people. But I think in LA, where it's so centrally, I mean, or not central, it's so like just... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's so congested with people and wanting to go out and about. And I mean, people move to a city for that reason. Right. We have really just tapered it uh, to personal training. Uh, we do our group classes. Um, we do some nutrition uh, consultation. And then we also do seasonal boot camps where it's like six weeks of intensive training that in, uh, incorporates um you know, nutritional consultations, classes, and also semi-private training. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, every kind of part of the country and area is different. Our demographics are different, you know, um, where sometimes that online platform may work great. And then sometimes it may, you know, not work as well because of what the people in our area want and our, and our community want. So what have you, Seth, what have you done to attract new members in the door over these past four years at Indigo? Um, the biggest thing is, I know it sounds ridiculous, but you'd say this in training, is consistency. We kept, I mean, just like you would in training, you know, you're going to be doing the same or similar things every, uh, you know, every so, however many days throughout the week, we do the same with our marketing. We try to stay incredibly consistent with our Instagram. Um, and then also, you know, with newsletters, things like that, and also by you know making it an attractive place for people to want to come in um we are also really lucky to be on sunset boulevard okay. so we get a lot of foot traffic um i have a great landlord who has you know since the pandemic happened she's been really um pivotal in helping us advertise a little bit more on a on this literal street level um and then i mean i'm sure everyone says this but it's just all about the word of mouth I've never heard that before. Never, never right? Never in your, your thousands of interviews. <laughs> I never said it. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, that's obviously a huge part of our industry, right? Is that word of mouth. Um, to me, I feel at this point in time, like we'll call it gyms for lack of better words. Like mm -hmm. we're a fitness company, obviously, but I think we're a marketing company too and technology company at this point, you know, going forward, kind of have to be involved in all three facets among with other things. But yeah, the walk-in traffic set is awesome. Like, especially where your location is like obviously terrific. Yeah. Um, you brought up marketing consistency, which I think is great. And I love to hear that. And for younger listeners, I think that's a key to success. Have you guys done anything on those digital platforms, digital ads, Facebook ads, Instagram? Uh, yes. Yeah. I've had very successful runs with Facebook and Instagram ads. I've had um, kind of more unsuccessful ones. And admittedly, 
Yeah. The unsuccessful ones are when I thought that I know programming and that I know that marketing sense. Um, a huge, huge uh, piece of advice is, yes, I know you can do everything, but there are some things that you're just not as good at as a professional. So I would really recommend having a professional run those ads and like do the AB testing, do a seed test, things like that. Um, Cause those do work. They really do. It's, it's, it's wild. Um, how crazy smart the algorithm is. Dude, it's getting crazy, right? Like I, I mean, this thing is definitely listening. I talk about things and it pops yeah. up on my phone like that. Or my girlfriend says something it pops up my phone or a friend that's like crazy, you know? So, uh, but yeah, you mentioned there. So you mentioned a few minutes ago about, you do a couple of years, a couple of times a year, that boot camp, that six week boot camp. Have yeah. You used, have you used, is that a way you use to get new members in the door, like an initial intake? And have you used any kind of marketing to pump that up? Yeah. So we um, will usually run an ad for that. And a lot of the times, I, I mean, to be completely transparent, we may not get somebody for that boot camp, right. but we will get someone saying, you know, that sounds a little bit too much, but I'm interested in personal training. Or, hey, could I try a free class? Things right. like that. I love it. Yeah. Always a great way to start people or just to even just, uh, introduce new people to what you guys are doing, you know, yeah. you seen, uh, with you brought up, you've uh, hired marketing help. Mm -hmm. but, um, I don't want to say who you've hired, but if you want to talk about who you have, it just, was it just the help of the speed of like the, the speed and their kind of knowledge in that specific niche that was the most valuable piece of it? Yeah, I've had um, in the past actually a member and a friend of mine help me because um, he's very, very well versed um, in, in, you know, making Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Um, he partially does that for his own business and he's just a tech whiz. But um, I'm going to be transitioning into a full team. It's actually a boyfriend, girlfriend. Uh, the girlfriend is she's currently doing uh, Clarissa. She's amazing. She's doing my Instagram right now. She's been so solid at that and really just encompassing the vibe, you know, that we want to exude to the world. Um, and her boyfriend actually has now started to do marketing. So keeping it in the family. Awesome, man. Yeah. yeah you said that brand, like the clarity of our message we're putting out there, I think is so important. Like, I think we focus on like, I know I just, I fell into this trap of like focusing on like features of what we do instead of the benefits. You know, I think showing those benefits is key. So like, yeah, like you said, that branding and that marketing is utmost of importance and using social media is a great way to do it. Seth, when somebody does reach out to you, say for this boot camp or just a general or a walk-in, mm -hmm. how does that initial, like we'll say sales process, new client intake process work? Do you meet with them and then say, hey, we should go group training, PT, something else. How does that whole process work for you? First and foremost, get as much information and get them in as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I feel like for every day, it's like there should be like a, a graph chart of like the percentage of drop off. Time kills, um, man. Time kills, time kills deals, you know, that's what I always say. Yeah, especially when someone's in that like contemplative stage of like wanting to get fit. It's like you're in a very kind of uh, nebulous area that could either make or break it. Sure. So um, you can really, you can really actually get a lot from the person's energy and what they're literally saying too. They're like, hey, you know, I've done classes in the past but like, I'm not exactly sure what I want. I mean, I'd say, come in for a free class. Let's get you in. Let's see what you like. Have you tried this style of class? Have you tried that? Um, and then a lot of people will just come in 
immediately knowing that they want personal training. Um, we've built a pretty good reputation. Um, I have amazing trainers, like I said before, I can't say it enough. I will hark on that, <laughs> that I have great trainers and they're all really, really, and this is what makes actually the team great, is they're all completely different. Yeah. You know, they have different certs, different uh, CECs and specializations that really allows almost anyone that walks in out of the street needing personal training. Um, it gives me that ability to pair them with someone who would be really good for them. Um, so the first thing I typically do is I will do a consult with them. Other trainers um, have before, but I like to just be, I mean, it's not time efficient, but it, it really sets the tone. Um, and so I'll go over that with them, you know, everything from goals to history, to injuries, to diet. And then we typically do a brief movement evaluation. So just to make sure, you know, there's nothing like glaring that we may need like PT approval from or doctor approval from or any of that sort of stuff. Um, and that typically takes like 30 to 45 minutes. Um, but that first touchstone really, I think makes people feel special. It makes them feel seen. Um, and that also just getting to know them allows me to kind of be, I'm kind of like the Yentl of the, of the, you know, Indigo. Cause then I can be like, Hey, actually I'd be really good working with this person. Or, you know what, this is someone for Zach or Lindsay will kick this girl's ass and she'll love it. You know, something like that. So, uh, it, it really starts with just that first contact and as soon as possible. Yeah. I think it's uh, yeah. So important. That time piece of it. And like, that first yeah. impression is awesome. And like you being able to kind of, you being the leader, they're kind of help create, help that person create their path. I'm on your website now, Seth, as you're talking, looking at your training team, pretty big team. What's this like 10, 10 or so trainers? Like 10 staff. people. Yeah. yeah awesome. we've, we've grown a lot. We need, we're starting to outgrow our space actually. Yeah. That's a great problem. What to you, like being the leader there and managing a, a sizable team of trainers, which is you know pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. um, how's that been for you? How, how are you able to get a team, um, of people that you really, cause that's been like, I've been, yeah, I totally talked to a ton of gym owners all over the country and now Canada as well. Getting good teams in place seems to be an issue for a, a vast number of gyms. Mm -hmm. I think it always comes back to us as leaders of the gym, the owner. So right. what have you done to build this team and have success with this team of trainers uh, working alongside you? Sure. Open lines of communication. I mean, that's the absolute biggest thing. I'm not an idiot. I know that when I was working at a gym before, my big plan was something different. Um, and, whether, and whether, you know, like that's my trainer's plan or not, it would have been, I would have felt so much better if I was at this big corporate gym and someone had reached out and be like, hey, what's your two-year, what's your five-year plan? Something like that. Um, just so we're transparent. But I, I never saw that when I was working at gyms. So that's something that I've strived to do is just have open lines of communication. And that being said, I know that a lot of my trainers don't necessarily want to like go off and like steal clients and make a gym. I, I actually think that most of them wouldn't, but because there's that communication, there's a trust. Sure. Um, yeah. Trainers, as you know, are also like, you know, fervently ambitious and industrious and independent people. Yeah. So I have to try to respect that as much as I can that in, in seeing those qualities in myself, yeah. Yeah. you know, so just a lot of the time it's saying, Hey, how are you doing workload? Right. You know, how, let me know if there's any, you have any questions about like a client or if you're having like a rough patch with them or anything like that, like, and then just checking in 
I know that also I'm not the only gym a lot of these uh, trainers are working at. And I can't expect them to be, you know, completely patriotic just to me. And I don't want that. I want people to, I, I found that when you let kind of a little bit of that independence happen, the, then trainers actually want, they'll be like, hey, I can actually take on a few more classes or build up their schedule a little bit more with myself rather than the other places. And it always happens. And it's either going to happen that way or they're going to go somewhere else that's more like, you know, corporate, like what I used to do before and that they're like packing on 12 classes a week or, you know, 20 to 30 sessions. But there's that kind of, uh, you know, just normalcy and uh, they, they know that they're going to get a normal check or something like that. Um, because we do ebb and flow. That's just the nature of the gym. Yeah, yeah. What's your belief on, yeah, appreciate you sharing that, man. I think it's, uh, we don't see it enough, like having a successful team of trainers with us, you know, and uh, I love the commun communications, obviously everything. And uh, like you kind of mentioned there, do like goal setting with your team members, like where yeah. they want to be. I think that's a big part that's missing with a lot of businesses in our industry. So, so that's awesome, man. Uh, Seth, yeah. back to the members and like got him in the door, always a, not the easiest thing in the world. So once we get him in there, how do you go about setting up like your membership plans or training packages? I've heard things from like, you know, weekly billing to monthly to 28 days to just packages how do you guys do it there at indigo um uh, as far as personal training goes we do just a standard like 5 10 20 pack okay. obviously the impetus is to purchase more you'll see better results and it's also cheaper um and then as far as the other services we offer we actually um do a membership for classes that's um, unlimited so you can take as many classes as you want in a month and you can also use the the gym floor although class people I will say are class people and they're in like that doesn't really appeal to them that much um, and then we also do have just for a couple of like the neighborhood um, guys and gals and people that want to come in to use the gym we have a, a slightly um, cheaper membership for them to just access the gym yeah. and that's all monthly then we also have a five pack of classes, but I've, I've veered off from offering too elaborate of a plan with classes. The whole goal, and I'll be completely transparent in this, is that I want people this to become kind of like a lifestyle for them, um, you know, and with that, you, you just build better consistency. You're just going to see better results. I agree, man. Yeah, sometimes too many options is overwhelming, right? And like, uh, you know, like it's, I, yeah, I've been there too. I used to have like five options and I went to which one membership and it, we just did mostly classes, not much PT, which is a mistake, but you know, like, yeah. So sometimes too many options, it gets, gets kind of crazy, but what is like your most heavy one, two questions. Have you always kind of run the membership that way? Have you changed it over the four years and which one is kind of the most popular option people go with? Um, right now I'd say that our unlimited is the most popular. Okay. We used to be really popular with, I mean, we, we used to uh, offer gym pass and class pass for yeah. our classes, but that became a nightmare. <laughs> and there was some things, you know, like some things over the pandemic that you were just like never again. And that was one of them. Yeah. Um, so we started, uh, just doing, you know, really trying for people to come in either do a single class Yep. if they want and that usually leads to people buying a membership for sure for sure awesome man love it yeah i love it so now we have these members in uh we talked about how we get them set up on their membership program or training package 
the goal is obviously to keep them for as long as we can, serve them as long as we can. Yeah. Uh, I know COVID was a huge wrench there in California, especially LA area, yeah. at least what, I'm, what I've heard, you know? So, um, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I know it wasn't easy. What have you done to keep members engaged uh, over these past four years of being uh, open there at Indigo and Silver Lake? And uh, just talk to us about overall retention, and we'll dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, um, I mean, the pandemic was definitely a challenge, and we had a lot of clients just, uh, you know, plain and simple drop off or move or find a different gym that they, you know, that really called to them more. And that's okay. I mean, that that's what happened. Um, the way, I mean, we tried our absolute hardest on, on many different levels. I think I had mentioned that I was doing a lot of virtual um, type classes. And those were, those are free, actually. I mean, I was just saying, hey, Venmo tip the trainer. That was like in the beginning stages. Yeah. Um, and that was mostly just to keep the community alive. Sure. Um, then we started doing um, a lot of um, Zoom workouts in 2020. Um, there was a huge, uh, we have a huge, um, I wouldn't say political, but also philanthropic aspect. Um, I mean, we're aware, I believe that um, more gyms should be into what's going on. And obviously 2020 was the catalyst for a huge, huge change. So we would do um, classes that were fundraisers for different uh, institutions, specifically, you know, uh, things that were going on relevant to the George Floyd um, murder. So that really helped people you know, channel a lot of their anger and rage and frustration into something really positive, which was a really hard workout. And all the money that we, um, you know, gained for that, we would give to different uh, philanthropies. And that was over the course of a few months. And that really, I think, helped people, you know, feel good about um, not only, like I said, working out or channeling a lot of um, their pent up emotion, but I think probably about our gym and that we were trying to do something. Right. Yeah, it's a great way we can impact our community locally and even bigger than that, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Worldwide, really, is like these community events we get to host. Mm -hmm. I did a ton of those things, too, back in the day. This was before all the craziness, so it was more like mm -hmm. cancer charities and these sort of things. But to me, it's like a lot of people, you know, I've talked, again, a lot of gym owners, we always talk about our community, you know, how, how we have a great, strong community, which is awesome. And, like, I'm always looking for ways that we can measure that. And I always found these these charity events or any internal kind of uh, events or plays we do are great ways to measure our community, right? And how strong it yeah. is. Any other events that you guys do, Seth, or even events you just mentioned, is the attendance there pretty high for your members? And do you see a carryover from that to these members staying longer, coming back, you know, week after week, month after month? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we just had, in the past, we've had like quote unquote health fairs where we'll bring other um, local brands in, like whether they do like, you know, wellness shots or if it's a local chiropractor or, um, you know, like a smoothie place with like adaptogenic uh, proteins and stuff that they're, they're giving us. Um, very, very LA. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just going to say that. I said, I don't have any of that here. It's just way from. I know. Trust <laughs> yeah. me. Hey, I'm from Connecticut. Trust me. There's a reason I moved out. <laughs> a little different, right? It's crazy. But no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. 
So we'd have these local brands and I think that that was great. I mean, first of all, everyone loves a free sample. They like to try things out and it also brings people together. And, um, you know, I think people appreciate us for uh, showing them new things and also, um, you know, just holding a space that everyone can come and commingle. We just had our four year anniversary. Um, It was really bittersweet in 2020 because we were, poised to do I believe it was our second yeah it was our second anniversary and that was March 22nd <laughs> so that didn't happen obviously and um this was kind of nice it, it really uh it bookended that a little bit and not to say that you know COVID's done but it just feels like a, a weight has been lifted since then yeah. and it was really nice to bring our members together have like a food truck play yeah. some music have libations and really celebrate where we've all come. And a lot of the new members too. It's really nice for them to see trainers as normal people, not just in our gym garbs, not just like, you know, telling them to do five more, things like that. It it really builds camaraderie between everyone. And and it was really cool for other um, members of our Indigo community to meet each other. Because when you're doing personal training, I mean, there's a max amount of people that can be in the room. And even with the classes, they're pretty small. So to have crossover between people that might not normally come uh, and, you know, interact with one another was really special to see uh, happen in life. Yeah, I think that's great, man. A great thing we get to do here uh, with our gyms, especially in the boutique uh, micro gym model. I think it's Mm -hmm. very unique. And we get to impact lives uh, in so many ways besides just, you know, squats and yeah. burpees and kettlebell swings and what have you but uh wow. that's great man yeah congrats on the four years awesome seth what's the next year goal like where's your main focus now from a growth perspective with indigo over the next 12 months what'd be something you'd love to really accomplish here yeah um i i mean i i will actually say this aloud i really want to expand spatially um and for for any reason the amazing dry cleaner that's next to me is listening to this buddy i'm coming for you um so i would love to be able to expand and have like a really cool functional training area put turf in get more like cable machines get more actual like machines um because i would it's it's great to have dumbbells and your squat racks and things like that but to really just be able to get creative and also draw the attention of new members and people who, you know, that might uh, appeal to more would be awesome. Um, And then, I mean, I'm at a point right now that one, one really cool thing um, I digress is that during COVID you had to think digitally, right? You had to think outside of just a brick and mortar. So one thing that I, I really, I'm an avid believer is kind of making your brand into a lifestyle brand. I mean, we have, you know, merch, we have some online offerings, but really making an encompassing program that people all over the world could do. Um, And I'm kind of like just at a crossroads right now of if that's going to be investing in an app, if that's going to be making a website that anyone can train on. And it's also I'm in a process of like kind of formulating a specific modality that hasn't been done before. Um, And, you you know, whether that be training with seasons, whether that be uh, incorporating my knowledge. I I mean, I've, I've done spinning, I've done yoga, I've done boot camps, I've done Pilates, just like how can I meld these things together is kind of where I'm at. 
And within a year from now, I would like to have a concrete plan of what I'm going to do with that information. And I do know it, it is going to be on some sort of digital level that, that it just has to be. That's the future. hundred percent, man. I'm so glad you said it just, it has to be because that's where it's going. Right? Like think about it. this year by 2027 online coaching, it's going to be a 59 billion with a B dollar a year business, which wow. is crazy. This year it's five billion. Yeah. So like in the next five years, which is going to happen, you know, like this, obviously, Right. Uh, it's growing massively. So yeah, to have that with the brick and mortar, I think is like the perfect world, you know, especially with your location there. And you know, the, the West Hollywood Silver Lake area is yeah. awesome, man. Um, last question, Seth, do you see any, do you have any challenges right now? COVID's over. So hopefully that's at least, you know, yeah. not kind of what you know what I'm saying. Hopefully yeah, we're yeah. past the major headache of that right. from, from a business lockdown standpoint, any major challenges that would face you from expanding your location to, starting this online platform or is it just kind of a, a little time and maybe a little knowledge and some trial and error and some certain things um you mean like anything just in the world that may affect, yeah, the, affect the business and it's like internal external kind of uh thing challenges that you may be facing or for <laughs> i mean if the housing bubble collapses our inflation immediately drops down and people you know and, and like an earthquake happens then potentially um all of those things no I'm, I'm just i'm just joking i think that um i don't foresee it um i do pride myself on trying to look at every single aspect um but i i really have a good intuition that People at this point, especially with the demographic of people that are coming into the gym that live around me, they're really prioritize, prioritizing health. Okay. Um, we've seen firsthand in the last two years how incredibly important it is. And it's really cool to see people pivoting away from, you know, this LA super toned, tanned physique into, I mean, I think people, obviously we, we all want that, but it's more of a sustainable approach and more for, uh, for health to feel good, to know that if you like go on a hike, you can handle it to be able to run after your kids. We have so many parents that are like, I need to be able to keep up with my child. Um, just like truly on a day-to-day -day basis that, you know, functional aspect of fitness that people are now, um, clamoring for and really really want that so bad so i think i i think that that's um knock on wood hopefully what i can anticipate um the only i mean what i would also recommend is uh the only thing that i could foresee is if my landlord for some reason spiked my rent up by you know double and that's one piece of advice for anyone listening get your overhead as low as you can in the beginning there will be an option Two, you know, there will be a, a way to expand, but like if you can't pay for your rent, if you if you're staffing way too many people, it's just gonna, it's gonna you're gonna shoot yourself in the foot. Agreed, yeah, agreed, man. Like we have a lot of young listeners too. The one opening gym is like their goal. You know, they're mm -hmm. trainers now, young gym owners. Yeah, I'm always of the mind of start small, kind of build and lead with revenue, and then grow. You know, grow that way instead of taking on a huge uh, yeah. expense up front and, and trying to be stressed out, catching up, catching up to that. And it's very hard to do once you're kind of behind eight ball there. And then I did have one more set. I kind of, you kind of just mentioned it, the whole Los Angeles fitness scene. And I think you kind of just answered this, but yeah, I wanted to ask you about uh, the change in it, what it's like now people, you know, cause we you know, always see stuff on the news and who knows what the hell to believe. Right. I, I, don't, believe, <laughs> yeah. I don't believe anything anymore pretty much, which is neither. I don't know if that's good or not either, but uh, 
just the scene that you feel like people want to get back into the gym there people's mindset is cool for for class and for pt it's that the people are ready to do that yeah honestly it's funny because i have had for the first time in the history of my business so much more of a demand on personal training yeah, yeah. which i think people uh you know like i said that would it's a demographic that can afford that, that, that they can make that part of their lifestyle, but are also prioritizing that. Um, I think that also people don't necessarily want to be in rooms of sweaty, like 20 plus people, yeah. uh, even like our smaller group classes. I mean, they've, they've kind of stayed small because people are a little bit reluctant to get back into that room, room still. It's getting better. Um, but I think that people truly having been so far removed from society now just want that one-on-one -on -one attention and are almost treating it, I mean, completely separate things. I'm not comparing, it's apples and oranges, but almost like a, a therapy, yeah. you know? It's like, you can go in there, you can, you know, feel, be okay. Like I said before, you know, you can be vulnerable, you can uh, push really hard. And it's that hour that you have to yourself under guidance and you're always going always going to feel better when you when you leave when you first come in 100 i always say it's like the best drug out there you know is that is that yeah. training and uh some professional guidance man it's awesome seth i love what you guys are doing there and uh, i didn't think it's a great place to wrap this up i uh, appreciate yeah. you coming on today man where can the listeners check you guys out website social media all that good stuff yeah absolutely our best uh, check out our website indigo.la um, you can take a look at like our team, what our service offerings are. Even if you're just visiting in LA, we do day passes or jump in for a class. Um, say you heard me on Jim Lord's podcast and uh, maybe I'll give you a little, a little cute piece of merch or something like that. Like that. Um, and then also we, uh, we always have some fun stuff up on in, uh, Instagram. We do uh, giveaways, things like that. Um, fun little quizzes. So we, you know, we are always trying to keep people engaged on there and that's Indigo Fitness LA, all one word on Instagram. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Love it. I'll give you a follow right after we get off here, but uh, mm -hmm. thank you so much, man. Wish you the best of luck. Appreciate you coming on today, man. Sharing your story is awesome. Thank you. Uh, have a great day. You got it. Listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is the duo, Tristan and Becky out of Indianapolis. What's going on, folks? How are you guys doing today? Doing really well. Thanks for having us. Doing great. Podcast with the hubby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I appreciate you guys being here. Is this the first time you guys have been on a podcast together? We have mostly podcasted separate. I think we did one we together did once. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And Tristan was like, never again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it was, no, we, uh, we talk a lot. I promise just not recorded usually. So this will be fun. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right. Look, we're excited to have you guys on. And uh, before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at your facility, um, you know, first tell us about how you describe the business to people and what made you guys get started in the first place? 
Tristan, you're muted over there. Am I good? There we go. Now I'm echo. Uh, Becky, I think you read it as well here. Sorry. <laughs> oh, so maybe I need to stay off mute. Okay. okay. Because he's using the mic through my MacBook. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so I won't hit mute. That was okay. my bad. You keep you keep that computer on mute, okay. though. Okay. <laughs> so we're good? We're good. Okay. We're good. All right. Um, okay. So anyway, so yeah, we got started um, back in Kansas where I lived. My sister was in the military and got me started uh, into CrossFit uh, just because kind of doing the military fashion type workouts. It was just something that I really related to kind of, uh, it's more of the high intensity piece and stuff like that. And that's how I, uh, really related to staying in shape. Uh, and so anyway, as I moved around, I had done like kickboxing and, um, boxing and stuff like that as, as a way to kind of keep in shape. And she had been overseas with a friend who always did CrossFit. And she's like, I think you'd like this CrossFit thing. Uh, and just between her and then my wife also hearing about it, um, they got me into it. And Becky and I were not married at the time, but you know, dating. And, uh, sure enough, as soon as I, uh, signed up for it, I fell in love immediately. Uh, and then kind of through the years, um, we've moved of course from Kansas now to Indianapolis and such, and been a, been a part of a few gyms and just fell in love and, uh, became a trainer over time, uh, for different gyms and just really found a place, um, teaching and, and coaching people and helping them develop and, you know, chase whatever goals it is that they're, they're after, whether it be performance or losing weight or, uh, here, here recently, a lot of mental health issues have been, you know, popping up, um, to the point where a lot more people are outspoken about it. And we are definitely, um, at the forefront of that and trying to, um, be an avenue for people. Uh, so it's just a lot of these things have kind of came into the mix, but, all in all, after several years of helping other people run their gyms, it was just something that I think my wife and I both uh, were very passionate about. But for me, full time, uh, it just seemed like the right thing to do to, to start our own gym. So, so some, something Tristan also left out that's kind of a cool, uh, cool story. When we met and we were dating in Kansas, he worked in IT. He had a desk <laughs> job and he hated it. And then we had the opportunity to move to Indianapolis for my career and so when, when Tristan tells this story, it's also this, he, he made the choice to quit his job for his fiance at the time, move states away and really start completely over with his career. And I know JJ, you mentioned you were a trainer and you took online certifications. So really going through a long process of, uh, asking yourself, like, what am I truly passionate about? And for Tristan, it was helping people live a happy, healthy, uh, life and, really just quitting his job and starting new in a different state. So, um, his story, he, he told it very simply, but there was a, it was a, a long journey of just learning and a lot of fun along the way too. um, navigating different roles, whether it's being a personal trainer, a CrossFit coach, now an owner, personal trainer and CrossFit coach. So all those things. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. I, I, it's cool seeing it from both perspectives these guys are both on the journey i think uh i think I, tristan's he's just a humble guy you know he doesn't want to yeah there. So i respect that but no that's great stuff because i appreciate i mean not that i appreciate but i, I respect you taking the risk there tristan on, on taking the leave of faith you know and leaving your job i mean obviously 
I always say though, if you're not happy, there's always gonna be something that's out there that's a lot better. And if you know you're not happy, you might as well take the jump anyway, right? Because yep. <laughs> it's yeah, good on the other side. So and then awesome. So on the topic of the gym guys, um, uh, whoever wants to take lead on this question, you know, so I, I know as a CrossFit gym, uh, oftentimes there's a lot of group coaching and and sometimes semi privates as well. But so for you guys, what services do you guys provide? Do you guys provide anything? Uh, unique or different like one-on-one coaching at all or, or what does that look like for you guys yeah i'll definitely let becky talk about the one-on-one coaching because uh, that's actually something she does uh, for her for herself and kind of a side business but um she she allows me to be a better um owner and just i, I don't want to call it a boss but more of a manager of people um it was not a, a strength of mine necessarily i've always been a lead by example type of a person uh so you know, having those one-on-one conversations with coaches and, and people that you actually manage and, uh, hire. And unfortunately, sometimes we have to let go. Um, she's just really helped me be more aware and, um, a better service to, you know, the people that work, work for me or under me. Uh, so I'll let her kind of talk about that. But as, as far as me, um, we, we do our regular CrossFit classes. It's what we're really, passionate about. It's what we think is the core of what our business is. But um, I do a lot of individual personal training, small group personal training. Um, I've had a few uh, high school um, sports teams uh, who generally during the summer, but sometimes off and on uh, throughout the school year, uh, have a really good relationship with two people. And um, whenever it's their off season, uh, I really pick up there. Um, but aside from that, we do have some specialty classes, aerobic capacity, we have Olympic lifting. Um, and then we, we do now have, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say thanks to COVID, uh, but due to three months, you know, being in our homes and having nothing but, you know, our thoughts and uh, things like that, it, it kind of sparked my passion for programming, uh, programming both um, online, but also for uh, the bigger need, I think, of people who were trying to, you know, just achieve more in the sport, I guess, is what you could call it, the sport of CrossFit, as opposed to just the training modality of what CrossFit is. So that's something where my passion really lies now. And we have a lot of competitive athletes. Uh, we're up to 30 just in the gym alone. Um, so we've actually carved out another day, uh, Sundays, where uh, we meet and we just call them athlete camps. Uh, but it's just a way to kind of teach uh athletes who, you know, really want to go to that next stage or that next level, uh, what all it really encompasses. It's not just putting in an extra hour or two a day or, uh, things like that, but kind of helping them understand, uh, the bigger picture. Um, that way if they want to do this full time, or if they want to do this, um, as, as something that, you know, they want to do for the longevity of the sport as well, uh, what those things look like. So, um, a few different, a few different uh, avenues that we have at the gym. So, yeah. Uh, so Tristan mentioned normal classes, PETA's personal training, uh, additional programming through development athlete or the development project, which you can find on Instagram. We also just started specialty classes. Mm-hmm. Um, did you mention that? Yeah. Aerobic capacity yeah. Yeah. Specialty Olympic classes. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the two other categories I would say from us, what, what we do at M4G CrossFit, uh, he mentioned people. So really investing in the people we do. Uh, We're very intentional with our coaches meetings and going above and beyond just who's working what hours, but actually uh, we do coaches, coaching coaches sessions. So developmental opportunities for our coaches. We also have a childcare staff as well as a cleaning crew staff that, that Tristan manages. 
And then the other big piece of our um, CrossFit gym that goes beyond just the classes and the logistics of things is our community. And very, uh, we have a very robust calendar of community events. Last year, we raised close to $15,000 for different nonprofits, including a homeless shelter here in Indianapolis, as well as a memorial fund for a member of ours who passed away in 2020. And then uh, we do two competitions a year. And those two competitions, man, it's two weekends, but it takes a lot of planning. If you've ever done that, uh, JJ, to host a competition. And one of those is for beginners. One is for intermediate athletes. And one is for elite athletes which uh, Tristan talked me into doing last year and I got second from last. So I did great. <laughs> but uh, so those, so we talk about classes, personal training, but really I would say what sets us apart are the experiences we create for our athletes, but also athletes in the surrounding Midwest area. We've had people from over, gosh, seven different states come to our gym for competitions and getting that experience, um, whether it's beginner, intermediate or elite level. So those are a few other things we do in addition to just the, those normal services. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love the versatility and I just feel like I can see how well of, uh, of, of you guys are as a duo and how that corresponds to your team, just by what you're mentioning, just through the little things like, like the whole like coaching development and all that stuff. I, I love that. And I think it's important. I think it's important, you know, and, and to be not just a strong team, but two strong leaders separately. I think you guys serve each other very, very well. And I think that's awesome. I think that's great. And I can see it from here. <laughs> so, that's great stuff, guys. And, and so um, let me ask you guys, how, how many members are you guys at currently? Yeah, we're at exactly 166 as of today. Um, uh, we have a few few free weeks right now so it could be close to 170 but um we're sitting at our highest at least from a continued standpoint you know you always have that one random week where you spike or you go below but on average um being in the 160s is definitely our highest consistency uh rate so we're, we're at our highest right now from a from a, a gym standpoint so going on again coming up on four years but still in our three-year mark so gotcha and so I'll use myself as an avatar here. So if I came into uh, to M4G and I wanted to join, um, what would I have to pay to get started? Yeah, so this is something that we kind of fixed and changed last September. Uh, you know, we do quarterly surveys, sometimes more than that even, uh, just to really get a pulse on, you know, what our, sur or, or not surveys, what our members want, um, not just what we think they need, uh, but what they actually want. Uh, we're at a stage in our business where, you know, we don't just add things to add things. Um, time is limited and we just want to make sure that the quality of what we're doing um, is as high as it can be. Uh, I am the only full-time staff member as well. So everything else is part-time work. Um, every single one of my coaches works a full-time job elsewhere. Uh, so, you know, the passion that they have for CrossFit, it really shines through um, because they're already working these 40 plus hour jobs and then coming in during the week, whether it's coaching two classes, four classes, you know, something like that. Um, so, sorry, go back to your question. I'm sorry. I well, if you wanted to start. Yeah, if you wanted to start. So, mm -hmm. so back in September, sorry, this is where this all started is um, we decided that in order to be the most fair for the client who's coming in, as well as coaches, um, you know, who, who aren't working that full-time week, um, we do an on-ramp first. Um, and we kind of went back and forth between this, like not making it mandatory and making it mandatory. So we always get started with the on-ramp first. And it's really 
grown our business. Um, you know, the retention that we have from that on-ramp is over 90%. It's exceptional. Um, so basically if they're doing the on-ramp, they're signing up and, and they're longtime members. Whereas if we were kind of going back and forth, letting people just jump into the class because they're like, you know, I mean, I played sports growing up or, you know, I do, I do this F45 or I do this type of thing. Um, you know, we'd be like, okay, you know, you can go ahead and jump in and you could just tell that the community side of it would just fall off. Uh, they didn't, didn't, didn't get as ingrained into our community. They didn't really understand um, kind of what our classes really look like, the structure, those kinds of things. So all of that to say, it's $150 for our um, on-ramp uh, and then as well doing a normal um, monthly membership uh, unlimited would be $150 as well. We have a few 10 class pass um, options. We have a two, two times a week class option, but for the most part, um, our unlimited is by far our big seller. 80, 85% of our membership is from that. So, um, eight, $150 is that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. I would say we learned a lot through the pandemic too, um, about beginners. So if someone wants to start CrossFit after the pandemic, we would do one-on-ones just like three one-on-one sessions to assess your movement, talk about, not just how to do CrossFit movements, but the methodology, because that's really what we're, it's a holistic approach. How do we eat? What's our hierarchy of needs, sleep, nutrition, metabolic conditioning, all of that stuff. So there's a lot more that goes to that on-ramp than just, uh, just your movement and teaching you what a squat is. And when we were doing one-on-ones after the pandemic, Tristan mentioned this, people would then join a regular class, but they would be afraid. Uh, it was more nerve wracking because they thought I'm the only new beginner. And that's why we've gone to this class approach. So about once a month, we do this on-ramp class and it's amazing. I just finished, uh, we graduated a class last weekend and my, I, I hate to say we have favorites. My favorite is Donna. She's a 73 year old grandmother who became friends with these 20 some year old, 30 some year old other beginners. And just the community that you create in that beginner class sets you up for more success than when you quote unquote graduate them and they go to normal classes, they already have friends and they feel comfortable. And someone else is also a beginner and they can text them and say, I'm going to 7 p.m. Will you be there? And so to Tristan's point, we found a lot of success in not just throwing new people into classes, but being very intentional with what that onboarding experience looks like and them creating community and creating relationships before jumping into those normal classes. Because that, that's really a key differentiator and CrossFit, as I'm sure you've probably heard, JJ, we don't put in headphones and ignore each other, which that's fine. Like it's totally fine to go to a gym and put in headphones, but at CrossFit gyms, it is, it's a lot of, we succeed and we grow because we're in this community of other people empowering and supporting us. So that's, that's been a big, um, a big improvement in how we bring in new people and retain them as Tristan said. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think, um, that's just, that's just having strong fulfillment, you know, that onboarding is still considered fulfillment there. And I think, you know, obviously fulfillment is one of the easiest ways to get a referral, right? If you're really good at what you do, then, you know, people are going to be like, Oh, well, you got to come here too. I've had a good experience. And, and they're literally doing it to raise their status at that point. So that means you're really doing something right. And then obviously retention shows through fulfillment as well, how satisfied they are and how happy they are. So it's great that you guys understand that that was a, a big pivotal movement for your business. So I, I love that there. You guys are very aware of what you guys are doing. So I think that's awesome. And um, to piggyback on kind of what you said here. So I know you said um, that obviously through that method, it's how you, you know, garnered new clients and whatnot, but what has been, 
best practice for you guys to, to get new clients as well? Besides, you know, let's say fulfillment, like referrals, um, what has been best practice for you guys? Yeah, my wife's, uh, she's the, the communications expert and she does my social media. So I'll, I'll let her take this one and I can kind of fill in um, some holes there. But yeah, uh, for anyone out there who is running a CrossFit gym or a like business, more of a small studio type of gym versus the big gym membership, we really we rely on our members showing up. So our goal is not to get the masses to sign up and only expect to see them once a quarter, right? And so the marketing that comes with that is a little different. It's not price-based, it's value-based. What value am I getting from this experience? And for us, uh, we, have, we have multiple different, I would say, types of customers. We have some customers and it truly is, I wanna lose weight, I wanna feel better. And so that's, that's one segment of our customers. And I would say the biggest way that we attract them is uh, it's probably word of mouth, but also the community events that we're involved in. Social media, I would not say that social media is ever a reason someone says, I've joined your gym. It is always, I hear about your gym first, then I go look at your social media or your website and it reiterates the brand that I feel like I've heard about you all. And um, for us, it's community events we've done, press releases, raising money for the Indianapolis um, nonprofits that we partner with. Those are probably the biggest places where we get that brand recognition where people say, man, what are they doing over there at M4G CrossFit? Uh, and when they talk to people and our members are eager and excited to share where they go, um, those member posts on social media are going to get us a lot more new referrals than our post on social media. Um, so that's from a marketing standpoint, the, the word of mouth, um, the uh, community presence is probably a, the biggest one for us. And then um, we do... Uh, we do a few different events throughout the year where you can bring family or friends. I'd say that's also really good for our pipeline of new people joining our on-ramp. Um, so those would be our biggest places. We do not actually do a lot of paid promotion. So we don't do a lot of social media paid posts or videos. Um, our competitions actually have become a really big place where we've gained a lot of new people as well. Uh, just local athletes who come to our community, they get to experience it. They get to meet all of our volunteers who are judging and having a great time. So we've actually, we've gotten new members from those type of events that we host as well. Those would be the top ones that I would, I would think of community presence, uh, our member referrals, our member post on social media, or I guess you could also say our, our, um, reviews that you would see like on Google business, but yeah, we don't do a bunch of paid, paid mm -hmm. advertising. Tristan, anything to add? Yeah, I was just going to, it made me think of, we, uh, we went out to San Diego a few summers ago on a vacation and we dropped into a gym, CrossFit Sun. Um, and the gentleman's name was Mark and he was just so incredible. Uh, they had been a CrossFit gym for 11 years. And, you know, at that point in time, we were just past our one year mark. And uh, we actually just, we, we normally drop in every day to a new gym when we go on vacation. It's just a way to, um, keep ourselves accountable to kind of how our business is structured, like dropping in a different gym, seeing what they do well, maybe what they don't do as well, get their advice, hear their stories, um, stuff like that. And <laughs> we liked Mark so much that we just decided to stay there for the entire five days. Um, and just learn from him. We went in at every morning at 7.30 a.m. They always did a coach's workout. Uh, and he said that we could come be a part of that. So we just got to be kind of enthralled with their community um, for that week. But I'll never forget, you know, he said, 
you know, Tristan, so many people are focused on that first year, two years and, and, you know, just getting people in the door so quickly. And he goes, I started thinking in our line of work, how do I want to keep someone for 20 years? And you don't keep someone for 20 years. If you're constantly trying to get a new person or group of people in every day, week, or month. It's a slow process. And a lot of people don't like that. And they don't want to hear that. Uh, but it really is who Becky and I are at our heart. Um, we, we love relationships. I want to be able to know every single member's name, what they do for a living. I want to know their kids' names, what their hobbies are, what their goals are. And I'm sure there's some talent, more talented people out there than I am. Uh, but I find it hard to believe that you can actually know all those things about your people. If you know, you're throwing so many ads to where you are, you're getting so many people coming through the door, but then how many people are leaving as well? And how many people are actually staying? Um, one of the biggest gyms in Indianapolis, and I won't call them out by name just in case I don't want it to come across this way. But anyway, they actually do a town hall meeting for all affiliate owners. And uh, one of their bits of information, and I don't know if they meant this to be positive or negative or neutral. Um, but anyway, they, they signed up 168 new members uh, the year that I went and said that they lost 155. And to me, I know that I can gain 13 members in a year, um, just based off word of mouth and people who really care about our community, inviting other people to come in, not to mention just the random person that's going to Google us and, and, and drop into our gym. So I looked at it as would I rather only gain 13 members, but know them inside and out and know that I probably have them for the next five, 10, 15, 20 years and work really hard every day, cultivating those relationships, or would I rather just kind of throw money at it and just have these people just cycle in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, because then I wonder what's happening to those 155 members that they lost. Did they just go to another gym. Did they stop their fitness journey altogether? Um, you know, like what happened? And <laughs> to me, that's a lot of questions that obviously can't be answered. Uh, so for me, again, if, if I was in that scenario, I want to know that the people that are in my gym and the 13 people that I've gained, I've been able to foster those relationships to a point where, you know, I know their consistency throughout the year. I, I know that one month that was really, really hard for them. And we got through it because, you know, we had a one-on-one -on -one session or we were able to talk about it. Or, um, you know, I know that they have the, the members or, or groups of people at, at the gym that they can reach out to um, that even if they're not there for a week or two weeks, um, you know, they did end up coming back. And that's the big point. That's a big part that we don't, we don't talk about enough. Um, it's something to be gone for a week or two. It's, it's, it's another to, completely give up on the process. Um, too many people, myself included, sometimes, you know, like I'll have a, a Saturday where I sit down and I start eating some bad food. And then I start to think to myself, I'm like, I've already started. Why, why not just keep going? You know, and it can be said the same thing about not working out or staying in a routine. So many people, they, they don't show up for a week or two. And then they just keep thinking to themselves. I'm like, well, I, you know, I've lost so much progress now. Like why even go back? You know, whereas we have built this relationship with people and, and, and understanding each other so well and making sure that we're reaching out and that we're, we're having dinners with people, you know, that's, that's the, that's the beauty of being a little smaller is like, we actually go to dinner with some people, we travel, we go out, we do so many community events. Becky didn't even say, uh, 
just as of this year right now, we have 25 weekends taken up with a community event of some kind. And I'm sure we'll have more by the end. Our, our max so far has been 36. And, you know, we talked about that. There's benefits and there's also negatives to having that many community events. Um, but it's a real reason why I do think that our community is so strong and that, you know, we don't do a lot of paid promotion and we don't do those things because, we feel like if we're doing our jobs right and, and we're doing right by people, uh, they're going to go bring people in and it'll be at a, a better rate for us um, to, to just make sure that, again, there's a stronghold um, at the heart of the community and such. So, yeah, yeah, totally. And, and I think um, one thing I just want to piggyback on what you said, I mean, you guys, I think you have the things that, that you, you can't teach, which is being genuine and actually caring. You know, and I think you're putting you're putting your clients and your members so much further ahead of you than than any other facility that at least that I've ever seen. And I think that's a, a beautiful thing. And I'm sure they appreciate that and they know that, you know. And and I always say like for example, yeah, I think when a lot of gym owners first start and you can attest to this, maybe you can or maybe not, but when you come in, you don't really have all, you know, the the business mindset or the understanding that you have to know how to sell or how to market, but you're not supposed to be a professional marketer or salesperson, but what gets you by is how genuine you are. And people can feel that. They make decisions based on emotion. So I think when they feel that, wow, this person cares that much. I mean, don't get me wrong. The value is here as well. They know what they're doing. But when you can show them how much you care just through your words and you put that belief in them that they don't have, that's why you guys are as successful as you are now. So I think that's a beautiful thing, Tristan. And same thing, Becky. You guys said beautiful things there. Um, and, um, and I kind of like the concept of what you guys are saying about that, that you guys aren't trying to, you know, you're trying to focus on more quality over quantity. And I, I love that. So, but now to turn this around, um, now let's say if, if hypothetically, right, if, if traffic was never a concern, what would be your max of, of amount of clients that you guys would want inside the facility? <laughs> yeah. So some things we probably just can't go into full detail on the podcast, just from uh, um, something that's kind of in the works. Totally, that totally. makes sense. But uh, yeah, we're, we're in the next year. We are, we're having to think about, you know, how do we expand or how do we um, fix the good problem that we find ourselves in? Um, but I can honestly say the, the closer we get to 200 people at, at the, the way that our business is structured, um, 200 people is, we're going to start staying, staying at that number. Right. And we'll get to the issue of um, for every five people that that we gain, we lose five, you know? Um, and you're talking about due to space, due to capacity. space. I'm so sorry. I, I thought that, yep, that was a unsaid. Just so, want to clarify. Yeah. Due to our space and, and the way that we run our classes and, um, you know, having some extra things on the side, uh, getting to around 200 members. So we're, we're 34 away. And to be fair, um, we've grown 33. We've grown 30, 33 since September 1st. Uh, I only know those numbers because I just had this conversation with <laughs> one of our other people just the other day. Um, so yeah, we've gained 33 people since September 1st. So if we're 34 away now um, from 200, uh, you know, at that pace, uh, which everything seems to be on that pace still, uh, by the end of this year, we're going to be looking at, at 200. Um, so we, uh, we've started some conversations with some people. We've started some conversations with some private investors um, and things like that. And, uh, you know, I was actually listening to you guys' podcast with some other people. And, you know, I've heard some people talk about second businesses or second locations. Um, that is not a no for us. It's just not our five-year plan. 
Um, our five-year plan is to get out of renting, uh, just like, just like personal people, I'd rather own something than rent something. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at right now. But as anyone would know in 2022, it's not good to be a buyer right now. Um, and since we don't have something to sell, uh, we are, we are really being patient with this and, um, you know, we, we are spiritual people. And so we put a lot of faith in God and, um, that, you know, the right thing will come when it's, when it's set to come. And that's kind of how we've been with our business, which is also why, uh, you know, we don't put a lot of money or time or effort into, uh, you know, pushing the brand. Uh, we kind of let other people who are a part of it go out and, and kind of, um, facilitate that for us, I guess, or share that, uh, with other people. So, that's kind of where we're at. We're at about another 30 or 40 people. And we would definitely find ourselves to be a bit crammed. Um, and I do think that unfortunately, again, you know, we talk about the quality, the quality of just space and, and how classes would be structured um, might start getting to a point where, you know, certain people might not be as comfortable uh, around that. So we're definitely looking and we definitely have a lot of ideas and stuff like that, but um, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. No, hundred percent, hundred percent, and I think you guys would know better than anybody what that max would be. And, and, and congratulations on, on on being halfway there. So yeah, <laughs> um, that's great stuff. And so now let's take a step back from clients and, and talk to me about um, the client journey, which I know we kind of discussed a little bit. You know, the onboarding process, but I mean, since we know the onboarding process already, talk to me about I guess uh, the the actual sales process, if you would, right, for lack of a better term. So I came in and I was interested in a referral, whatever it is, and I wanted to join. Um, is there a, a tried and true sales process that you guys go through? Or is it more or less just, hey, here's the prices and this is what you're going to do? Uh, so my wife actually runs my on-ramp. So again, I'll kind of let her start with that and uh, fill in, but you want to go for that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say sales process. First thing, when someone emails us, the first question is, have you CrossFitted before? If the answer is yes, then to your point, JJ, that, that process goes down. All right. You can take a free week. Now, some CrossFit gyms, it used to be, you get one free class. We've gone with the free week approach because you could come to one class Monday this week. It was overhead squats and squat cleans. That was all we did guess what? That was my least favorite workout of the week. <laughs> if that was my one free class, I might not come back because I hate overhead squats and squat cleans. I'm like, meh, take them or leave them. So we do a free week. And in that process, one of the things Tristan does really well, when someone emails him, he calls. So he calls that person to have a conversation, ask, what is your experience? What are you looking for? And oftentimes if people have previous injuries or they're scared, like, they've had a back injury or something, Tristan will find that out ahead of time. And our coaching staff, as we mentioned, we keep them in the loop. Um, let's say we have a new person going to a 5.30 a.m. class. That coach, Tristan, will make them aware, hey, we've got this person. We actually have someone from Mexico right now who's trying us out for a free week. Mm -hmm. um, and so like making them aware this person's coming, here's their experience. And they do a free week. And at the end of that free week, we tell them, hey, if you're going to come less than three times a week, then maybe a 10 class passes for you, which expires in two months. If you're going to come more than that, our unlimited membership for 150 is the way to go. So that's, that's the process. If you've crossfitted before, if you have not crossfitted before, that's when we go down the path of the beginner's class, which we call the on-ramp. So Tristan, once again, he does, he calls everyone, which seems to be rare. Like people are always shocked that the owner actually calls them and uh, he has a conversation 
gets them signed up for our on-ramp class, which is a two-week commitment. We learn the nine foundational movements. As Tristan said, I teach that, as well as do a workout in each class and talk about the methodology of CrossFit. CrossFit is not just for these crazy Olympic athletes. CrossFit is for the 73-year-old grandma, okay? It's about how do we move so we don't lose it? And how do we be able to move well into our 90s and maybe beyond that? So we teach that through a two-week uh, on-ramp course. After those two weeks, they graduate, they get a little, a little prize, a graduation gift, and then they are introduced into the regular classes for a full week that they get to do for free. And then after that, they then get to choose. They want to sign up for an unlimited membership. Or like I said, if they think they're only going to come like twice a week, they might do a 10 class pass. So that's, that's our normal, normal process. Once again, if I've never CrossFitted, I know I'm going to that beginner's class. We call it on-ramp. If I have CrossFitted, I get a free week because Lord help you. If you come on overhead squat day, that one day, if you just do a free day, hopefully you go on a good day. Okay. Today, today we have deadlifts running and double unders. If that was my free day, I'd be fine. I would like CrossFit, <laughs> but if it was Monday this week, I wouldn't have. So those, those are our two routes for that sales process. Now it's also been really key. If someone does a free week, who's CrossFitted before, and if they don't come back, Tristan does a great job of asking why. And for some people, it is because of distance, like travel was too much where I work, that type of stuff. Um, that's probably the most common. Um, very rarely do we have people say because of the price, because most, most of the time they've already Googled what the price is and most CrossFit gyms and they, they know what the expectation is there. Uh, but even that sales process, when you don't get someone to say yes, it's hard, but following up following up and asking why so that we can learn in the future, what are those key objections or hurdles, why people say no, and how do we navigate through that? So that's, that's the other key piece. Yeah. JJ, I don't know, um, kind of what, what background you have, um, when it comes to kind of that, like sales process, but you know, something that we, we really thought long and hard about the free week, you know, at first it's like, I know a lot of people are like, man, you're giving up so much value. You're giving up so much money. Um, when you've really established that you want a 20 year client, you know, you really think about that process. And, um, you know, I don't even know if my wife would really understand this analogy, but the NFL draft just finished and you I'm a huge, me. I'm a huge <laughs> Minnesota Vikings fan. Right. And, uh, we just got a new GM and head coach and they just posted a behind the scenes of that draft process. And it's just so interesting because when you're, when you're about to go into a draft and you pick at a certain order, you want to make sure that you're getting the most value out of that player, right? Um, you want to make sure that they're going to fit your culture. And I think a lot of times gyms look at it the opposite way. They want clients. Well, we've already decided that we want to move at a very slow process and we need to make sure that that member is going to fit our culture. And I think that that's the thing that gets missed a lot in inside of gyms specifically, but a lot of businesses is that, you know, in a way there's an interview process for you as the member as well. Um, so that's why I do find it very important. And I'm not saying it's always easy and I'm not saying I always have the time, but as of right now, that's why I choose to call those people is because I think it's a great way to have that conversation and I can get a feel for just how serious are you? Um, who'd you hear about us from? What's your intention? Um, those kinds of things. And that way I can best set up my coaches to, to help them um, as opposed to just saying, hey, here's their physical background. That has so little to do with, with what we're trying to accomplish. I don't care if you have any physical background or not. Um, I care more about where your mental and your emotional health is, because those are the things that are, again, are going to 
get us to where we need to go. If you have a mental, um, uh, a mental block or an emotional block or something like that, like we need to, we need to be more aware of that than your ability to lift this much weight or do this workout because you have this much or this little capacity to do it. Um, so for us, it's that, that free week is also a way for us to get to know you, um, and understand, you know, is this going to be a good fit in general? Um, and I know maybe that sounds a little intense, but it is, it's just one of those things where, you know, when I know that our cap is 200 right now and we only have, I, I look at it as, Hey, we only have 34 more spots. I want the best, the best people. I want yeah. the best people in my gym who, who they want to come three to five times a week. And they're going to be here, you know, because in a way, if you're taking up that spot, which we don't, we don't really do that. We do have a 20 person class limit, but we very rarely have to go past that. But that, that's kind of the way that I've started to look at it over time. And the fact that, you know, we, we have chosen to take the more patient approach, which is not easy. I'm not trying to say it is, and I'm definitely not trying to pat ourselves on the back. It's just what we've, we chose to do three and a half years ago that we were going to not make decisions based on emotions and that we were not going to, you know, do things out of desperation. Um, you know, and that's been hard. Sometimes I want to, and that's why I have my wife. That's why she's on this podcast with me. I, I wouldn't have done this podcast if you guys would have said no uh, to her, which you did not, you did not, but um, you know, we're a team. And, and I do feel like, you know, I have another person, her name's Angie and, you know, I do not make any decisions without the two of them. Uh, this is not the Tristan show. Yes. I'm the one working full time, uh, but they have not only their insights from what they do for in their full-time jobs. Um, but they also do very specific things for my business that they do in their full-time jobs. And nice you know, there's a lot of people I'm, I'm sure, you know, you probably, I think I heard you ask the questions like, what advice would you give? And it's really hard because the advice that I would give is, you know, find an all-star uh, person who can communicate with your um, community and, and, you know, find someone who can run your finances and all that stuff. And, and quite frankly, that's easy to do, but it costs money. And I am so fortunate that one of them just happens to be my wife. The other one is a close friend of mine and was a former client. So that relationship was already built and the passion that she had. Um, let's just put it this way. I have, I got a huge discount, right? For what she does for my business. It's a true friendship and it's a true bond that, you know, we all three have. Um, so like I got very, very lucky and I don't think many businesses would ever get that that fortunate to have. So there's a lot of things I do. I count my blessings every single day. Um, and you know, we wouldn't be where we, we are now if one, I didn't have these two, but two, if you know, I, I wasn't able to, and I hate to keep saying that, but get the discount, you know, uh, there's a lot of people, if they want this kind of work, if they want these kind of people working for them, you got to be able to foot that bill. Um, so that's just another thing that, you know, I, we are super fortunate uh, to have is just, again, a coaching staff of people who are super passionate. Uh, I don't hire anybody from outside the gym. You have to actually be a member of mine for four full months. You have to be paying our membership for four months for me to even think about hiring you. Um, and it's the same thing as our week long process. It's, I want to know that you, you are here for the right reasons. We're not here to be a hobby coach. We're not here to um, get a free membership. You know, we're here to, to make people better, healthier, um, actually want to progress in our uh, CrossFit uh, career for, as a coach. So go from your level one to your level two, eventually maybe your level three, um, you know, and we want to make sure that, and this sounds rude, but you know, I coach 65% of our weekly classes there can't be a drop when I'm not coaching. We can't go from a, whatever you want to say, a 10 down to a five. 
I need my coaches to be eight, nines and tens, you know? So like, that's why we do our coaches meetings. That's why I make sure, uh, you know, just cause you want to be a coach doesn't mean I'm hiring. Doesn't mean, you know, that you're going to be one. Um, there's definitely a vetting, a vetting process to it. And again, I do think that sometimes people pull the trigger way too early in business. Um, and sometimes have to learn the hard way. And I'm not saying there aren't things I've not learned the hard way, uh, but there are certain things that whether I just stuck to my guns because of the team that I have around me, or I just got lucky, you know, and I made the right decision type of thing. Um, those are definitely some of them that I would give advice to people uh, about is, you know, be okay with working 60 hours for a while and just really wait for the right one or the right thing um, to come along. And I would hope that anyone who starts a business understands that that's kind of the, that's how you start. You know, you got to put in all the hours first. So it's true. It's true, Tristan. And I think uh, one thing I want to talk about, I just touched on really quick is I think um, that, that part you mentioned with, with, with the employees and the coaches and, and then work a few, four months. I mean, that's huge because you people don't realize that the biggest thing that makes the biggest difference for great employees or whether they're selling fewer or not doesn't really matter, but it, it's the conviction. They believe in the business. And the only way to do that is to be involved and truly see it from a front end and the back end. And I think that's a, a big, big, big reason as to why, again, you are so successful and why you have nines and tens working for you because they went through the whole process. They've seen it. You know, and they always say, I always say you're the, the, the former members, former clients are always the best employees because they're the ones who believe in it the most. Uh, I, I think that's awesome, man. Mm. And, uh, and it's the last few questions for you guys here. And, and they're two, one's a deeper question and one's a little bit of a longer one. So if I need to repeat this one, just let me know. So uh, this one is, there, there's about five pillars of business, core functions, whatever you want to say that we typically use in business. And, but we use three more often than any in, in the fitness and gym industry. And that's going to be your, your lead gen, which is your marketing, your client acquisition, which is your sales. And then your retention and ascension, which is, you know, obviously keeping your clients longer and getting them to get more from you in the process uh, of those three, where do you feel like you guys can improve the most? I know my guess. Yeah, Becky, go ahead and restart. <laughs> we'll see if we agree. Where I would give us the most stars would be retention. Where I would say we could improve the most is sales. I'd say marketing, we're, we're pretty up there. Um, and we definitely, as I said, we use some different types of strategies for marketing, more event exposure based. So sales, I would say we have the biggest opportunity. Um, you know, follow up. That's something we've talked a lot about since we are a small staff and Tristan said, he's the only full-time person and he's coaching so much. He's not behind a computer. It is something we can improve on is going back into our client list of past members or past people who've dropped in and following up with them, you know, six months and a year out and asking, you know, what are your goals? How are you doing with this, you know, coming back to, to the gym, would that be a fit for where you are in life right now and the balance that you want? So for me, that would probably be the biggest opportunity I would say where we can improve. I hate to give the same answer. It's true though. Uh, retention ever since September, we've, uh, you know, knock on wood, we've just crushed it. We've, we've really, we focused on our weak points. Um, we really kind of, uh, brought those up, right. Like your basement, like 
your ceiling maybe stays the same, but you're bringing that floor up. Uh, so retention, I'm very happy with where it is. It's shown to be very good. Uh, marketing, we've already talked about that. I think a lot lately is just kind of like we've chosen to take this route and it, we think it works very well for us. So yeah, it just leaves sales. Um, something that we are starting to work on is, you know, I think every gym owner has that hard decision to make sometimes when it's like, man, like when do we increase our our membership. And, you know, that's always a tough decision, especially when, when it is not one person making that decision, you know, there's three of us who kind of see things a little bit differently. We have different relationships in the gym. Um, I'm the only full-time staff member. So, you know, the other two, they, they come to a class or they see these people and uh, you know, they know a little bit more about the financial background of this person, you know, stuff like that. And so for us, sales is kind of one of those things where how can we continue to add more value um, and maybe not completely up the average um, number of every person. So the, the arm, right. Um, average revenue per member, but almost giving them more of that choice. Like, so, so for our um, classes that we're starting to add, you know, it's only eight hours a month that we're adding in total. Uh, only four of those hours come from me, thankfully. Uh, but you know, how can we, for the, for the members who are willing to pay more for the, for the members who are willing to, to do more or want more, you know, what can we add, um, that still fits our, our, uh, our time and, and things like that. And maybe that brings up, um, that overall sales, um, that's what the development project does. Um, it, it fills my selfish bucket because I just, like, you see this whiteboard behind me, everywhere I go in my life, there's a whiteboard, uh, because it's what I love to do. I love to write things down. I love to think of new creative things. Like Becky said, we do two competitions a year. I love to program for the best athletes, the, the, the intermediate athletes, the beginner athletes. I love, I love to test people. And that's what CrossFit's really allowed me to do. Um, I am, I am a science geek when it comes to like workout methodology. Um, not science itself, but, you know, I just really, really uh, love those things. So I've been able to fill that bucket for me while also getting to um, generate more revenue for my business at the same time. Uh, so sales is still where, where we can get better. And I think we're, tr we're trying to trend in that direction. Um, but yeah, to answer that question. Gotcha. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I appreciate the honesty and transparency there guys. Yeah. I feel like uh, oftentimes a lot of people, they're not, oh, we're good everywhere. And I think there's always places we can all improve. So sure. uh, I, I appreciate that. And, and last question for you guys. And you know, you guys can both take um, a lead on this too, because I know it could probably have uh, two different perspectives on this. Um, and you kind of touched on it earlier, but you know, um, if, if you could go back in time to when you guys first started the gym um, and you give yourself that one piece of advice that you think would, would really move the needle forward, um, what would that advice be for you guys? Yeah. So it's actually the thing that we now do so well. And that's uh, just go slower. Don't be, don't be in a hurry. Um, it kind of also ties into, you know, have more faith in yourself and what your value actually is. You know, if you would have told me where we were right now, um, <laughs> I wouldn't have had a founding members rate. I wouldn't have started as low as I started. Uh, now I'm getting to the point where you know, 24 classes is what I coach a week. I have 12 personal training clients. I'm about to bring in my soccer team this summer. That's going to add multiple hours a week to me. Uh, so just physically in my gym, 
in front of people. I'll be working over 40 hours plus 20 plus hours behind the scene. And I'm in my fourth year. I shouldn't, you know, like the, the idea is that there's no rule of you shouldn't be, but you know, if you would have told me I was going to still be working 50 to 60 hours in year four, I would have been like, Oh my gosh. You know? So fortunately though, it's like my wife does such a good job. Like right before we got on this podcast, she's like, Hey, just remember where you've come from. Someone reached out to you to want to do a podcast. That's so cool. You know, so like just being transparent with you there is just, I wish I would have had more faith in myself. I know I had people around me who had that faith. Uh, I just wish I would have believed it in myself and not been bottom market value. That's kind of where we put ourselves. Um, and I wish I would have had a little bit more faith in myself at the beginning, uh, because it's not to say we, sh- we would be at a certain number now per member. It's just all those years of like, you know, unfortunately the, the revenue that we could have, we could have made, um, you know, I could have a part-time f- full part-time staff member. Now, uh, you know, we have a, a son that's about to be two years old. I'm sure every parent thinks this, but I don't spend enough time with my son and I want to, you know, I don't, my mom just moved up here at the beginning of the year. She's 60. Um, we're trying to really get her health back to where we know it can be. And she's doing an amazing job. I want to spend more time with her. And then the wonderful woman across from me, we might work together and, you know, we might, we might have a good marriage, but I don't spend enough time with my wife, you know, and these are all these things that now we're um, again, going back to sports, you know, you talk about a contract here, uh, you know, that we're in a contract year right now with our business. And, and I mean that in a, in the best way, I'm glad that we're in this position. Um, but I just wish that I would have had a little bit more faith in myself at the beginning, because again, what we could have accrued or what we could have invested in uh, throughout those two to three years, I probably would be in a position right now where my hours could be cut in half, uh, or I could have already vetted another person um, to take over my, my position or certain positions or be able to, um, you know, give clients to, or classes to. Uh, so that's still, it's still, I know it's going to happen and I have all the faith in the world in it, but you know, if I had to be very harsh on myself, um, that would be it. But with that said, I, I still love where my life is. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't take these things for granted. Um, still love what I'm doing. And I, I love my, where my family is, how healthy they are. I love that my wife and I, most days, I love that my wife and I get to work together. Um, you know, so, so yeah, I, I think that was the deep question, right? That was the deep question. Hopefully. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, hopefully I got, I got deep on that one. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it over to Becky for her. I, answer. I had a feeling the first thing he would say was have valued our product more at the beginning, which, which I agree. I think having faith in your value, you probably would charge more at the beginning of opening an up a business versus what we started off charging. It was like, please, we just need people, right? Like, please show up. So I, I I definitely would agree with that point Tristan made. The other thing that comes to my mind that has been a big learning journey for both of us is around the people management side. And I wish if we could go back in time and it is so hard, but to remind us, and it's a Brene Brown quote, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. And when you're giving feedback and managing people, especially at least in our community, Tristan said, you're a member for four months before we ever hire you to be a coach. Well, when you hire people who are members who were once clients, some of them are your friends and now they are your uh, staff member. It is hard to give feedback. And in order to have the eights, nines, and tens in our coaching staff, as we talk about the the um, credibility, the, the competence, the skill, it requires 
giving feedback. And at the very beginning of when we first opened, we didn't do as good of a job of that. And it was because we were afraid to hurt people's feelings, to give them constructive feedback. And when you're unclear with your feedback, sometimes it doesn't really make sense. And then you're not really helping that person. So if I could go back in time and say, how do I truly help this person to improve? If being a great coach is their goal, then being coachable and receiving feedback should be a part of that process. And the more clear I can be with that feedback, I'm truly being kind because I'm showing I care about them. I want to make them better. And that has been a, a hard process in the people management side. Like I said, we've talked so much about community. We're friends with a lot of these people, but you have to be able to put on that manager leader hat and say, okay, here's the feedback I've gotten from our members. Here's what we can improve on. How do you think you're doing? When can we check back in? And so that's the type of stuff we've learned a little bit the hard way. We didn't do that as well at the beginning. And we're getting to this point with our formal coaching meetings, talking about member feedback, and even one-on-ones that Tristan does um, with staff every now and then, where we're giving more clear feedback um, and creating a, a culture where feedback is a good thing. I know some people, when they hear, hey, can I give you some feedback? They get like this bad feeling in the pit of their stomach. We don't want that. We want our staff when they hear, hey, can I give you some feedback to think, yes, I am like, yay, they care enough about me that they're going to tell me how I can be even better. So that's a part of the culture that we've grown into creating with our staff at the beginning. We weren't quite there. So that would be the other big piece of advice I would go back in time and give us. Love that. Uh, again, I, just the transparency and honesty with you guys here. I mean, you guys were awesome. I mean, seriously, I, I can't even edify it enough. I mean, I, that was uh, super beyond. I mean, I've, I know you guys have experience, so I think that's a big, big thing there. And I, I mean, I, I hate to say, but this is a good place to wrap things up in this episode because I could talk to you guys all day, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we sign out, folks, you know, please shout out your Instagram, your Facebook, your website, whatever you guys have. You know, where can we find out more about you guys or the gym? Yeah, <laughs> we would feet. we would love for you to follow us at M the number four G CrossFit. Uh, that stands for Made for Greatness. And I know Tristan said this before we started recording. Um, good is the enemy of great. That's how we created our name, M4G CrossFit, uh, Made for Greatness. Uh, and then you can also find us on Facebook, M4G CrossFit. If you are interested in the additional programming that Tristan mentioned, you can go follow at development project. And it's actually DVPMT project. Um, that's on Instagram. There's also a Facebook page for that. There's a separate website for development project, um, DVPMT project.com. And then there's also our M4G CrossFit.com website. Um, feel free to go check out any of those. If you're out there and you want to start a business, you want to be you're looking for a mentor to be coached, like send us a direct message, do it. We love meeting people and networking. Like we've said, we're in the Indianapolis area. We do travel as well for competitions. We were in Miami, Florida for one earlier this year. I smile because Tristan had to swim in the ocean and it was not a great experience, uh, but we do travel. We're in Kentucky for another comp. Um, so send us a direct message. And if if we're traveling, I go to Kansas here in a, a month or so, and I we always drop into gyms. So we'd love to to meet and network, and um, just you know, our mission is helping people live a happy, healthy, long life. And if other people have that same mission, we'd love to connect. Yeah, and I I started off the podcast a little humble. My wife's being a little bit humble. Um, if you would also want to check out her uh, on the Rise Group, it's it's um, 
it's that that's the way that she does her business coaching and her one-on-one. Um, so if, if you're even thinking, Hey, I'd love to be a part of you guys as a gym, but you know, I don't live in Indianapolis or, you know, I'm not, I'm not as, as into CrossFit, but you know, I'm definitely into being a healthier person. Um, she's the person to talk to if you haven't already found that out on this podcast. Um, and I'm, and I'm seriously, I'm, although I'm her husband, I'm a direct reflection of that. Um, so, you know, go check her out as well on the rise. So I do, yeah, to that point, I do wellness coaching. And so I have gone through it being a professional life coach. So yay, (laughs) that fluffy term, but yeah. So on the rise group is the business I do one-on-one coaching with, and all of that's done via zoom. So people from all over, lots of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. JJ, thanks so much for having us. Seriously, Thank you guys. Look, we appreciate your time. Appreciate your contribution to the podcast. And we look forward to seeing what you guys can accomplish down the road. Um, everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining, talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, Or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Peggy Eberhardt from Brickhouse Gym out of Crossville, Tennessee. Hi, Peggy. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good myself, and I'm excited to have you on and appreciate you know giving some of your time out of that busy gym owner life to be here with us. Um, Now, before we dive into more the nitty gritty of what you have going on and how you run your facility, um, why don't you first tell us a little bit about what made you get started with gym ownership in the first place? Okay, well, uh, it first started, uh, I'm going to say probably about 14 years ago, Um, I became a single mother and uh, wanted to turn my life around and become healthier for my girls And I decided to join a gym. And uh, from there, uh, I became very interested in competing. So uh, I went to a competition show and I knew right then that that was for me. So I hired a trainer, uh, did a couple of shows. Um, Members of the gym started coming up to me and they're like, wow, you're looking really good, you know what exercises can I do, you know, to work on this area? And I'm like, okay, I probably need to get my personal training certification. And so 
um, I was a chief accountant for the Chess Federation. So I had done accounting for 18 years. And this was a brand new um, journey for me. And uh, so from there, the gym that I was attending was ran down. Uh, the previous owner did not put any time into it and it became available for sale. So I prayed a lot about it and I felt like God was needing me to make this jump. And it was a huge jump. And, you know, as you know, uh, most gyms don't survive the first three years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I took a very stable job, jumped ship, followed my heart and uh, purchased the gym, remodeled it. And um, so here we are nine years later. Awesome. Awesome. So, so yeah, you started kind of, you know, just with a passion of working out and eventually it led to you, you know, personal training, getting your personal training license and, uh, you know, helping people um, build the body that they want, lose the weight that they want. So that's great to hear. Um, awesome. So that leads me to, you know, kind of the next topic. Um, why don't you give the listeners your own elevator pitch, just a little rundown of Brickhouse Gym and the services that you offer? Okay, um, I'm just going to treat you like if you were a prospective member that walked in our gym uh, to make the setting. We are a very rural area. Uh, we don't have, you know, the luxury of swimming pools, saunas. It's a very rural area. Um, I want to say we're probably around 60, 70,000 in the county. Um, so when you walk into our gym, uh, it's very low key. We are family owned. And we pride ourselves on being that family-owned atmosphere where when you come in, I want to know your name. I want to know, you know, if your wife attends, who that is, you know, if you have kids. So it means a lot when someone comes in, you know, hey, how's your son? How's your daughter? You know, how's your wife doing? Uh, that just means a lot to me. Uh, so when they come in, first of all, I'll let them know that we are a family-owned gym. And that uh, the difference that we are, we are pretty much an old school bodybuilding gym. So we are a little bit different. And if you will look around, you don't see the old school bodybuilding gym atmosphere hardly. Everything is went to franchise, they're shiny, they're new. Uh, but we, that's another thing that we pride ourselves on is having that old school atmosphere. Super cool. Sorry, go ahead. And I, I know you were talking a lot about community and being personable to your members when they walk in. And, and that is so important, especially, you know, we spoke a little bit before this, you know, not being a big name, big box gym. Um, that's how you differentiate yourself from everyone else, right? By making people feel like home and, you know, act, making them feel like you really care about them, their day and their goals. So that's awesome to hear that, you know, that's something that you focus on. Um, but cool. Now, a question that I like to ask, just because I think it's a good way for you to reflect on, you know, the past nine years that you've been a gym owner. Um, what was easier than you thought when you started your facility? And what was something that was some more unexpected or more difficult when it came to starting your business? Uh, wow, that's two hard questions. <laughs> think about that. Um, something easier than I thought uh, I never realized the friendships that has came across 
I never, you know, when I took this, uh, took this on, I had no idea the close friendships that I can see in the groups and seeing the members excel in reaching their own personal goals. The artist would be, uh, it took a long time because, um, like I said, the previous member or the previous owner uh, let the gym run down. There was no bookkeeping. There was nothing. And I had to start from scratch to build everything up, all accounting, uh, the general ledgers, everything, inventory. I had to start from scratch. And that was that was probably the hardest thing I had to tackle. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people get into gym ownership with a passion of helping people, changing lives. And they kind of forget that there's a whole business side of things that you have to be good at and stay on top of as well. Um, things like accounting, keeping track of your numbers, the whole back end, um, you know, it's super important as you continue to grow to have, you know, a good handle on all those numbers. So you could see the things you're doing well at and maybe the things that you should work on or, you know, numbers that you should increase. Um, so that's great. I'm sure having an accounting background helps a lot too, right? That helps tremendously. So we don't have pay someone else to do that it kind of keeps it in-house so that yes that's a definitely a plus okay okay great um yes so you're offering you know quite a few services uh you do a lot of private training semi-private as well um do you do any open gym at all i know you have a pretty good size facility okay so open gym meaning as as uh you know walk in anyone could walk in and work out wherever they want whenever they want um with no trainer next to them so we do have a couple of different on our website. If they go to our website, we offer a 15-day free trial, and that's during office hours only, and they have to live in the community, of course. And so that gives them an opportunity to try our gym out, or if someone comes in and they're just not really sure, uh, the gym sells itself. And so I will tell them, and they're undecided when I give them a tour, and I'm like, listen, why don't you let me give you a couple of days on me? You come in, you try our classes out, uh, you try the gym equipment out. We have top of the line equipment, hammer strength, um, and the people, I tell them, you know, our members, the music, the equipment, all of this is so important, you know, when you come. You know, I want you to look forward to coming to the gym. I don't want you to look at it. Oh, I've paid for this membership. Now I've got to go. I'm like, that doesn't do me any good. You know, I want the, I want you to enjoy, I want you to meet your goals and then renew again at that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. Would you say that uh, group training is your guys's bread and butter, what you focus on, what drives the most revenue to your facility? I would probably say it's probably around 35 40 percent mm -hmm. our group training uh like i said i when i set the gym up i wanted to hit every level so we do have senior classes starting from the oldest and then coming from that we've got uh, morning classes uh that's for semi-retired um group uh some of them are husbands and wives but honestly most of the majority are ladies uh, they will do our classes like before 8 a.m. Uh, and uh, we also have a 6 a.m. boot class okay. for advanced 
uh, group fitness. And then of the evenings, we follow up with uh, OCR training, which is obstacle course training. And that is if you're interested in mud runs, the Spartan, or even if you just want to work towards a goal, we actually have this huge parking lot. So on a beautiful day, you will see someone pushing the sled, uh, flipping the tire. We have sledgehammers. And so, like I said, we're a little bit different. If it's beautiful outside, we bring the gym outside to our members. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So do you guys offer any type of memberships for you know someone who doesn't want to do personal training or group training? They just you know want a facility to go work out on at the, on their own? Yes, and that is our main. Uh, that is our main course. Our memberships do include. Uh, I try to make it. I don't have the different tiers, the different levels. You've got two choices. You can do office hours only, or you can do twenty four seven, which includes all of the classes. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Super cool. Um, perfect. What What are you guys' office hours for? You know that membership. Okay, so our office hours are 8 to 6, Monday through Friday, and 8 to 11 on Saturday. And that's, uh, there's not very many, you know, I'm going to be honest, there's not very many that does that. That's basically set for uh, maybe um, semi-retired or seniors that, you know, just come in around 9 or 10, and they work out for about 30 minutes, and they're good to go. Cool, cool, perfect. So you guys are offering a lot of services. It sounds like um, you know, what drives the most revenue would be a lot of open gym, correct? Just the basic membership, like, hey, come work out whenever you want. Yes. And then also included with that, we also have a room in the back. And so when you walk in, I've designed it, I've put a lot of thought in it. Uh, it you start out with your cardio equipment, because I do not want it to be intimidating for the women. Okay. The further back you walk into our gym, the more the strength training you see. Uh, Because uh, 90% of my members are just there to be healthy and feel good and their goals. I do have a few that are powerlifters. And I wanted to design a gym, you know, if you do like powerlifting, there's, hey, there's a spot for you. So in the back of our gym, we've got a deadlift platform. We've got a competition bench. We've got a monolift. So we've got the heavier, you know, 120, 145s, 175 dumbbells. So if a powerlifter comes in, I've got them covered as well. Cool, cool. So you're offering a lot of different types of services at your gym, a lot of different types of classes, including private training. That's really cool. Um, That leads me into my next question about how many members are you currently serving right now in your facility? Uh, you know, I would love to, I try not to look at that number very much because, you know, as anyone knows that has a gym, that number fluctuates so much. So, you know, uh, it's very hard to say at this time what that number is because it changes so much. Okay. I, I always like to ask though, is the current amount of members that you have right now, something that you want to sit at or stop at? Or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces in your facility? I would absolutely love to see some new faces. My long-term goal. uh, So when you pull into our parking lot, we've got a small building that you first will see. And that is our ladies only gym and our classroom. And then walkway to our main gym. Uh, I would love to see these two buildings combined. 
and actually just offer, you know, more equipment. Maybe we've only got one tenant bed, maybe add a few tenant beds. I would love to add a kids. We do have a small kids room, by the way, uh, for kids that's four to 11. It's a place where they can hang out at the evening while their parents work out. You know, they do their homework or they bring their iPad. It has a big window in it. So it really helps the parents, you know, do, you know, have their kids right there before they go home. So they're able to get their workout in. But I would love to expand that and have a big kids room and have a climbing wall and have activities for the kids. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be super cool. I mean, even offering like, I've heard, uh, especially the CrossFit facilities, they're big on offering kids classes, workout classes during the summer, which seems to be a hit. Um, you know, most kids are outside of school during the summer and have nothing really to do. So even offering classes that's kind of built around kids, like you said, having like maybe a climbing wall, um, that's super, something that's super cool and, uh, you know, could benefit you as well. Um, but awesome. So since you are wanting to see some new faces and help some more people, um, what are you doing actively right now to aid that growth process? Okay, let's see. We just did a three-month uh, advertisement on our local radio station. And each month I would do a 30-second uh, ad to tell, uh, you know, to tell the listeners of that radio station, you know, uh, hey, this is Peggy at Brickhouse Gym. Uh, currently, this is what we're offering, uh, you know, two-week two week free trial. Please come by and see us. Check us out. You can also, you know, find us on the website or just, you know, come in and for a free workout because, you know, if you mention the word free, uh, a lot of times, you know, I will get a call. How much are your rates? And I'm like, you know, you can't, I'm like, just come in. You know, we've got several different options. Yeah. I designed my rate plan. Uh, I've got some paid in fulls. I've got monthly agreements because I want to work with whatever budget that is best suited for you. Yeah. So uh, we've did that for a couple of months. And also I think what the best that works well for us is word of mouth. Yeah, definitely. And, Especially and since you stress community, right? I mean, it makes like the perfect situation to get a lot of referrals, to have your members, you know, invite friends, family, their sister, their mom, um, you know, so that that's like the big benefit of, of holding, you know, community at the forefront of your business. So we also do, if uh, I know last year, uh, our county held a 5k uh, and the proceeds went to the backpack program of our county. The backpack program is for kids. Uh, the um, teachers will fill their backpacks with food uh, for the weekend. Um, so in order to do that, you have to have money. And so they do a 5K every year. And uh, just from our gym alone, we had over 40 members to show up and participate. Wow. In the I mean, like I said, from a very rural area, you know, at the starting line, You've seen all those brick house members. I mean, that that is just priceless. Yeah. That they all give their time uh, and they work as a group. Okay. Uh, I know we talked a little bit. You do, you know, some type of radio advertising. Are you able to track your results, um, you know, with that type of advertising that you're doing? 
Uh, we do. We always ask when someone comes in um, to sign up for a membership, you know, hey, how did you hear about us? And, um, I, you know, it, we don't get a lot of um, the owner of the uh, radio actually just came by yesterday and he's like, you know, how's it going? And uh, and I'm like, I'm just going to be honest with you. It didn't work very well. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it's the age and I'm like, because, you know, I have XM. I don't know, you know, but my mother, she's, you know, she listens to that radio every morning. And I, you know, and I said, but I don't think it was a waste of money because if you're getting your name out, regardless if they sign up that month, it's in the back of their head. And if they're constantly hearing Brick House, Brick House, you know, it becomes, you know, a household name. And it just gets the word out there even more. Right. I mean, that's like a, a downside to, you know, radio advertising and even flyers. I hear, I hear a lot of people do flyers, put flyers around the city. Um, it's just it's almost gone to the point now where things become outdated, you know, and, and the Internet and everyone relies so much on the Internet these days. It's crazy as any type of business owner you know, you have to be on social media, you have to have that presence online, because if me or just another person in general, they can't find you on Yelp or Google with the, you know, quick search, it's it's really hard to, you know, for, for them to show up at your actual facility. Um, have you ever done anything like paid advertising in the fat past, like Facebook uh, ads, Instagram ads? I have a lady uh, that she takes care of all of that for me. I was doing it one time on my own and I'm like, I need to get someone to do this. So what I do is um, I am uh, pretty much at the gym 10 to 12 hours a day and on week. So uh, if I see someone doing, uh, you know, and it doesn't matter if they, you know, if they look really good or they're a work in progress, you know, they're there putting in the work. And I'll take a shot and she posts it and she'll put, you know, a great saying on it. And so anybody that follows our Facebook uh, can see that, you know, you don't have to be, you know, a size two to come to the gym to work out. You know, we have all different sizes and they're all here for the same reason, just to be healthy. So we definitely do. We do a different post every day. Uh, sometimes um, if I get a new machine, I will demonstrate uh, on my Facebook as well as our social media, you know, how to use that machine properly. Yeah. Or if I have a new uh, workout, I'll put a couple of videos together. Also, uh, I am huge on nutrition. Uh, I've um, competed for the last 14 years. So nutrition uh I tell everyone it's not a diet, it's a way of living. Exactly. So once you pass that and you're like, okay, I'm not on a diet. This is this is the way that I eat every day. Uh, you've made amazing gains just from doing that. So um, a lot of people ask me, you know, so I try to give them examples of the food that I prep um, just to help them in their fitness journey. Right, right. And and just touching on nutrition, that's so true that, you know, a lot of people, it's it's wrong to 
to even have diets in your life, you know, it, it really is a way of life. And that's the way you have to look at it to sustain it for a long period of time. Um, but yeah, so so just touching a little bit on the social media aspect, do you guys do you run actual ad campaigns? Or do you more so, you know, like on Facebook business manager? Or do you more so just, you know, just post daily on your page? We do actually we do both. You know, if I do, uh, like, say, for example, we had a 15 that, that completed a mud run. That may be something that I would uh, promote uh, just to, you know, get others' attention. Like, hey, you know, we've got a group that you can be in to, um, to do this if this is on your bucket list, is to complete a mud run or a Spartan race. Or, uh, for example, um, our oldest member just turned 94. He is a World War II veteran. And so, you know, we had a little birthday celebration when he walked in the gym and, uh, and that was actually put in our newspaper. It made first page. So uh, it just, it varies so much what we, you know, but anything good that um, we try to do helps the community. We always promote it. Cool. And, and what type of um, results were you able to track the results that you got from, you know, the campaigns that you ran, ran oh, on? I, I realized that it's the timing that it may be the day of the week or the time that you, you know, you promote it. Um, we try to do, you know, when people take the break, they'll go on Facebook, you know, around nine o'clock. So a lot of it depends on or of an evening six or seven. Uh, you know, when people are home and they hit Facebook. So mm-hmm. I haven't got that down yet. So it really varies. You know, we could do something really simple and it gets 350 hits. And then, or if we can do something that I would think, oh, that's going to get a lot of attention. It does the complete opposite. So that's, that's still work in progress for me. Yeah, always finicky. And it, and it is good. It's a skill in, in its own to realize you know, what you're not the best at as a gym owner and being able to, as a business owner and being able to pass that along to someone else and be able to focus on the things for you that move the needle forward. And it sounds like for you, it's, you know, keeping that community strong and being there hands-on at the gym. Um, But yeah, that's one thing that I've noticed with digital marketing that's really changed the game for so many gym owners. Um, You know, I, I know quite a few gym owners that are able to pull in uh, you know, 10 to 20 new members a month, just based off their marketing campaign. All it really takes is, like you said, trial and error, and figuring out the angle, um, you know, of how you're going to market and the type of clients you want to bring to your business. Um, so that's, you know, a benefit of how the internet has changed the the ballpark for gym owners. Um, but awesome, awesome. So tell me a little bit about, you know, your sales process when you get someone who's interested, an interested lead, um, who wants to, you know, check out your facility, what's your process to turning them into a paid member? Okay. Well, first we always do a gym tour and then there, there, I will explain to them what all we have to offer. Um, and then when we come back to the desk, I've got several different options and then we just go over to see which is best for them. There you go. Perfect. And do you do the selling yourself? Do you have, um, you know, like, like employees that, uh, that book the clients and do the walkthrough for you? Uh, 
I just hired a lady. She started yesterday. So, uh, but before then, it's been pretty much me. So when everybody, everybody knows um, if they need something, they know to find me that, you know, I can help them with it. Yeah, of course. It sounds like, uh, you know, you're like the core what's keeping things running. Yeah. Um, do you ever, you know, want to eventually get to a point where you could pass those responsibilities to someone else and be more hands off, especially with like the sales process? It, yes, that, that is my goal. Yeah. And hoping um, I've been praying about it for a long time and uh, we've tried a few, but uh, uh, the lady that I just hired, uh, and this is so funny that we're speaking now, but for nine years, this is the first time. And I told her yesterday, uh, I said, this is the first time in nine years that I'm able to walk out of this building for lunch and know that it's going to be okay because everyone knows my life has been put into that gym the last nine years. Yeah. You know, every, you know, every little minute, um, if I'm there, you know, just to see in what the members need, regardless if it's, you know, Hey, I need to, um, I would like to work on my back. I need to make it wider. What exercises can I do? You know, uh, I need to uh, strengthen my core. What exercises can I do? You know, I'm on this nutrition plan. And uh, so you need to really have, uh, you know, I tell my members, this is not my gym. This is our gym. Yeah. And, you know, I work out with my members. And so to me, I'm just another person. I'm not their, I'm not a gym owner. You know, and I think that goes a long ways. You know, I could, you know, a lot of gym owners, they don't even come in. They come in and look at the books and walk back out. And I'm like, you're missing so much of testimonies and helping people that you can't put a price on. And just being there for them when they need you is, um, is something that I truly enjoy. Awesome. Yeah, and definitely. Now, now we know, um, you know, what you want for your business. It's really obvious that you have a passion for helping people, you know, community, being there for your members. But now for you as a business owner, what is it that you want from your gym? What was like that end goal, that reason for starting your own facility? What's the bigger picture for you? Uh, gosh, you know what? <laughs> I haven't really put much thought into that. I would say the bigger picture would be to uh, eventually take a couple of hours a day off, uh, a couple of hours off a day and to focus on, you know, because I still have, you know, uh, I'm still a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother and to actually maybe get a little bit of time back to my family. Yeah. Uh, be super nice. Yeah, no. And I think that's every business owner's goal in general, right, is to get to that point where you have, you know, some level of freedom, um, you know, ability to, to have things run on its own, like it, like a well-oiled machine, and, you know, get to that point where, where you can put your time somewhere else to other things that you're passionate about as well. Um, so that's good to hear. That's, you know, something that you want from your gym. Now, if you could wave kind of a magic wand, essentially, and have your business be in the exact position that you want that want it to be 
Um, what would that look like to you? Uh, wow. Uh, if that happened, um, I would probably let someone else do the sales and then I can just be there and not have to worry about, you know, watching the front and just being there. I love personal training. Yeah. Uh, do that on the side as well because I absolutely love helping people and just being there for my members, you know, of the mornings or the evenings if they've got any questions, uh, maybe show them different techniques that they're not aware of, helping them with their form, uh, just giving, you know, a little bit more time one-on-one -on -one for my members. And what would you say is like the biggest bottleneck or what is it that's holding you back from getting to that point of freeing up your time um, you know, of passing responsibilities to other people? Well, I, you know, as well, it, you know, first of all, it's revenue. So, you know, I've always, you know, we, um, when I first started, we done, we turned the numbers around, we done really well. And then we got hit by one franchise gym. And then we started coming out of that. And then we got hit by another gym. Yeah. And then, it, so we've been hit three times pretty hard and uh but you know god's not done with this yet and uh those four walls uh when you know your members uh everyone has battles and my prayer each day is for god to help us succeed because in my way keeping the doors open is not just helping that individual be healthy and yeah. them from depression uh it gives them a time to focus on themselves so when they go home they're not bringing their job home with them exactly. they're not stressed to their wife or their husband or taking it out on their kids it's a little break from them and that way hopefully it makes a difference of whatever battles that they are fighting in their life uh it helps them because you know the old saying 200 pounds is 200 pounds and uh it just gives them a few minutes to become a better person for their family no definitely and that that's so good to hear that you know you really are passionate and a woman of faith too i love that um but yeah perfect i do like you know to talk a little bit about your goals as well peggy just for this year, I kind of want to hear, you know, what do you have planned for the next six to 12 months? Where do you see your business going? Where do you want it to go? Okay. Um, I would like to see, you know, um, you know, for us to um, bring in new members, new faces, and uh, add a couple of more uh, trainers. I would love to have some more personal trainers uh, on my staff as well as some more instructors and just uh i really want to push the class the class schedule so uh you know it'd be something different you know if they don't like maybe the strength we've got strength and conditioning classes we've got boot camp classes we've got obstacle course classes we've got senior classes we've got dance but i just want to make sure that we you know we're covered on whatever level someone is there you know if you're not really sure about how uh, to work out being in a class group atmosphere really helps you get started with that. Awesome. Awesome, Peggy. And I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. 
Um, but before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website or social media pages, um, just so the listeners can find some more info on you and your gym. Okay, so here it is, uh, www.brickhousegym.com, and that's B-R-I-K-H-O-U-S-E.com. We're in Crossville, Tennessee. Uh, we're about an hour and a half from Nashville, about an hour from Knoxville to kind of pinpoint us on the map. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, social media, and Facebook at BrickhouseGymTN. Yes, Brickhouse Gym out of Crossville, Tennessee. I appreciate your time so much. And I uh, you know, look forward to seeing what you could accomplish down the road. Um, but to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. As for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.